0: myself sorted. Nice to see everybody. I um, want to minister on something different uh, this morning. And I want to try and expand our view of uh, where we live. And I want to speak on the reality that God loves our city. And uh, how I know that God loves our city is because you're living in it. And uh, He loves those who are living in the city. Therefore, He loves the city. So I want to speak into that and I want to speak into your calling your giftings and the anointing that is there for that purpose to see which he has called you to and gifted you for to see that being accomplished because an anointing is there for purpose and many people unfortunately aren't accessing the anointing that they have because they have not yet stepped into their purpose because we're still in that place of wondering about our identity. And uh, Jesus received an identity from the Father so he could overcome the wilderness, and you and I live in a wilderness. I don't often subscribe to the word where God is sending someone into a wilderness. We live in a world and we live in a world system, therefore, there is a wilderness. And God empowers us to overcome the wilderness and to overcome where we're living, to overcome the places and the spaces we find ourselves in, and He equips us. And He gives us His anointing to do that. And uh, I wanna share quickly, before I put up my slides, the reality of what the call of God, the giftings of God that He has given you. You are called to something, for something. You are gifted with gifts for something, and you are called and anointed to something, to accomplish something. That's who you are. So they're not—they're uh, not there for you, for our self. They're there for the impact of our city and our neighborhoods. So I want to do that today. And you might be sitting there going, "Impossible!" Look who's leading our cities and our nations. You might be thinking, "Impossible!" No, no, no. There's a God of the impossible that has invested Himself into you for the sake of what you think is impossible. But the anointing upon your life breaks that yoke. And you can build something and you can grow something according to what heaven looks like. So that's what I wanna do. I wanna throw it out there today and help expand us. We've been caught up in the realm of pandemic and we've been caught up with the enemy wanting to shrink us, but God still wants to expand us for the sake of the city. And he loves the city because he loves you and you're living, and you're living in the city. And the anointing is for something. Let me just quickly read from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the the year of the Lord's favor, the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. And they are called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins and they shall raise up former devastations. They shall repair ruined cities and the devastations of many generations. The anointing for the sake of purpose And the Lord is saying, you're called, you're gifted. I want you to step out and release. It's often stepping out that we feel the most terrified, but it's on the the edge where the anointing flows. It's fastest and it's most powerful, and it brings the most liberation to people. So we can go to Scripture 1, please. Thank you, and then I'm gonna get into my, my notes. You see, the reality is God loves our city, and wherever you go, wherever you go with what, you, what he's given you and what he's gifted you with and the anointing that you carry, wherever you go, there's an opportunity for the kingdom of God to come. Are we being overcome or are we still called to become overcomers? Or are we overcomers? So Acts seventeen twenty four it says this. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God, perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Verse 28 For in him we live and move and have our being. If you're living in the city, he's given you that space and he's allotted you a space and a place for you to serve it and for you to bring breakthrough and for you to see what heaven's agenda is for the city and for you then to use your mouth and to declare what God gives you to declare that produces breakthrough. You know, Christianity is not only to make us feel good, it does make us feel good because we're the sons and daughters of God. You and I get given the task to bring heaven's mandate to wherever we go. And I think often, and I look at myself, we're living far too small to what God has actually called us to. Because we get caught up with so much of the self-reality around our lives. But actually God has given us so much more that he wants to invest into us that it can be released through us. I don't know if you've seen in the news, and uh, Jilly Funneberg, thanks, Julie. she sent me these pictures of the city's vision for 2030. Can we put those up, please? So it's at the point, in the whole point precinct, there's a a vision for 2030, but one of the vision statements there says, we want it to be Africa's most caring and livable city. Now, let me tell you, governments and municipalities, all those things can make it livable, but it's only the church that can make it caring. It's only you and I that exist in a city that makes it caring. And the vision that they've put out there, you can go to the next screen. Look at those beautiful, I mean, can you imagine living in that space, drinking coffee in a space and calling, this is my city. You see, there's a a vision that's been put over the city and it's called the number one tourist city in South Africa. But what words are you speaking, what words are you releasing over the city? Do you see that when you go to work? Do you see that when you go to the shops? Do you see that in what you called to? Because ultimately your job is paying you to release the kingdom of God. There's, a, there's another one. Put the next one up. So that's what it can look like. And you see the potential of I don't know who is dreaming that. I believe the most creative force should come from believers, but often it's the world is leading because believers have stayed passive within their religiosity. But can you see that with me? If the vision of the city is put out, 2030, the most caring and the most livable city in Africa, what are you and I going to do about the caring and the livable part of that in the now? Because that can happen if you and I start to engage with our God-given rights, calling, gifts, and anointing to release things in the city that we can be the most caring and livable city in Africa. But here's another thing. In Psalm 127, there's a, a slide for that too. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain, and I know that he's looking over the city is because you and I live in it, and he looks after us. So he's looking after the city that you and I live in. You see, here's the reality, and Abraham pressed this question with God. He said, Lord, if there's just one righteous person, if he had gone all the way down to one righteous person, let me tell you, would there be a different outcome with Sodom and Gomorrah? But listen, if there's one righteous, and there's a whole lot more because there's a whole bunch in this room, and I'm talking righteous by your belief and the gift that has been placed within you and your actions in turn, yes. But he looks after the city and he watches over it, so we're not going to labor in vain, and our watchmen aren't going to stay awake in vain because he's watching over it. In Jeremiah 29.7, 7, you can put that scripture up, please. Thank you. Seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile, and some of you think you've been sent here into exile, but actually you've been planted here. Into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will have welfare. Proverbs eleven eleven it says, By the blessing of the upright, the city is Exalted. But by the mouth of the wicked, it's overthrown. You see, friends, if you want to prosper, you must pray that your city prospers. What are you speaking and what are you releasing over your city? Because the Bible says the blessing, your words of blessing exalt a city. That's our response, friends. You see, I'm asked the question, We ask, are we speaking of what we see And what we see on the news, and we see the the corruption, are are we seeing and speaking accordingly? Are we speaking from what we're seeing from heaven's perspective? Because that's what changes things. A prophetic people with prophetic declarations that you might not see in your lifetime, but are you prophesying for the sake of the next generations? Whether you realize it or not, you are, shaping your city and your city is shaping you what words are you going to speak over durban and in your neighborhood you see because our words create worlds it's time we begin to take ownership have a voice and therefore a vision for our city can you dream again the god sized dreams for our city and for our neighborhood not caught up with earthly governance but with heaven's authority Can we serve wholeheartedly? Can we put action to our love for the places that we call home? Let our city say, where are the believers? So I wanna do an audit with you, an evaluation that you can take home. Now, I understand this. Many of you are gonna have different opinions, but opinions are like nostrils. Everyone's got one and you are entitled to yours. But be kind in your evaluation. If you see it from heaven's perspective, you will be kind. But if you get angry at it, good, because then change needs to happen. And we can't be sitting couch potatoes watching and criticizing like good South African sports people in the stadiums. Are we going to be provoked and prompted to change me so I can then change what's around me? Let's do this. And then meditate on them. Hold them in your heart and dream about what God could, what the city could look like. Is the city, and yes it is, it's groaning. Romans says, the city is groaning in expectations for the sons and the daughters of God to be revealed and unveiled for the sake of this generation and for the sake of the next. Number one, this is an evaluation of what a noble or a righteous city could look like. A noble or a righteous city. Is it what it is? Maybe not in some, but maybe we there in some others. But let it provoke something in you and I, because we live in this city, and you and I have the highest calling among anybody else in this city. As the sons and daughters of God, if you, if you start to see yourself as royalty, then you decree royal things over your city. The city is safe. Maybe it's safe this side, but I go into the city all the time. It's not. Are you worried about your children being harmed or your home being broken into? Most people are. So therefore, we've got something to pray into, don't we? When someone does commit a crime, are they brought to justice swiftly? The yes and the no. If there's still the no that is in the majority, we need to pray into it and we need to speak into it and we need to firmly stand in what we believe. The city is prosperous. Industry is thriving. and There's plenty of well-paying jobs for everyone who wants work. Therefore, unemployment is low and there's enough tax money, don't comment, to pay for all the necessary services. I understand, friends, I'm speaking into something that we're all currently living in right now and are getting frustrated with. But sometimes that needs to provoke us into action. The educational institutions are excellent. They're training and equipping students in both life skills and occupational opportunities. There's a difference between our public sector and our private sector in this nation. I understand that. There's a positive spiritual climate in the community led by many healthy churches, and I can say, yes, Jesus, let it be. The morale of the city is high. People have a positive outlook on life, and they are generally happy. That you have to answer for yourself and the the sphere of people around you. The medical community is well-equipped and staffed to help and bring physical wholeness to people. The private sector maybe, but the public sector, no. Is there healthy recreation and entertainment in the community? There is, what I'm involved in. Sports, the activities, everything in one hub. We've got the beach. We've got so much of that. We've got mountains just down the road. We've got the Midlands. We've we've got so much in our surroundings that we can go, Jesus We actually live in a phenomenal place. Number eight. I'll skip to number nine. The city is noble and has an identity and a purpose. I I do that on purpose, friends, because I know what you're thinking in your mind and your heart. But we need to pray for our government. We need to pray for our leaders. You don't like those leaders? Pray them out. As you and I were the highest authority through the identity that God has given us, we are the spokesmen and the spokespeople, but we're too quiet and we're speaking the things that the world knows already. Let's speak something that the world doesn't know yet. The prophetic declarations, the poor and the homeless and the vulnerable are well taken care of and during this pandemic, I saw the city come together for that. It was really beautiful to see. The city needs great citizens. Thank you so much. And I want to camp out here a little bit because it is important and it's something that we have been doing well in, I believe. Loving the poor, the broken, and the helpless, and the homeless is not only our responsibility, but I want to put this here. It becomes your privilege. It becomes your privilege. Because why did Jesus come? Why did he say, this is the reason come? The Holy Spirit is upon me, therefore I'm anointed too. Once you step out and you start meeting people that aren't like you, don't look like you, don't come from your sphere of influence, you get to know and you see the intrinsic value of humanity and why Jesus actually came. But it takes you and I to step out. It takes you and I to do something out of the ordinary. It takes you and I to respond. You see, I understand this that the, the haves may not want the have nots around and sometimes for really good reasons. But cities are judged not by the lack of needy people in their community, but by their capacity and compassion to care for them. We don't live in a utopia. We live on planet Earth. We live in cities. Economy is different in many people's lives, spaces and places. A great community adopts their less fortunate takes ownership of its citizens and embraces them as valuable human beings. In fact, the greatest measure of a community is in how they treat the powerless people who have no resource or no recourse. You know, it was a day in... ...sick people, I'm gonna serve them did something significant start to happen? Until she made a decision, she's like, no longer in my watch. I'm not gonna step over, I'm gonna stoop down. So friends, whether it's caring for the poor or the needy or starting a business or something else completely, I wanna encourage you today, write down one dream that you have for the city. Just One. And if you don't have a dream for what could happen for the city, ask God because the rest of Jeremiah, he says he will speak to you because he knows about the plans, the hopes, and the future that he has for this land that we call home. And friends, can you maybe be this person? Because every so often in the course of history, there are individuals born who define, defy common reason, and what the statistics or the opinionated say. There are those great ones who break the tether of their generation's expectations and rise high to the call that seems to echo from heaven's shores. There's a distinct and an inspiring lesson we can learn from the history makers. They were famous for what they did do, not for what they didn't do not for their complaining, not for their compromise, not for their passivity, but for what they did do. And I have a sense, and we talk about this often as a team, that the church in some ways has allowed ourselves to become known for our boxes instead of our passions. That is, we're famous for what we don't do because of our righteous constrictions or our holy traditions, or maybe our relig- religious undergarments are just too tight. I want to sink that one in. we are allowed to laugh in church. I'm just saying, with religiosity, maybe we need to loosen up a little bit. I don't know about you, but I wanna be known for the things, not for the things I didn't do, but rather for the change I made in my lifetime and the generation that I live in. So here's some keys to become a world changer in your city. Pray unceasingly, give, sacrificially, dream, unreasonably, serve wholeheartedly, love unashamedly, walk innocently, believe undoubtingly, and live powerfully. Now there's a whole series of messages in there, but I wanna stick around with this one. Let's talk about what it looks like to love unashamedly. See, because these are the qualities of the bride of Christ in all her glory, and she's called to be the most creative force on the earth, that's you and I. If you connect with the identity, you're gonna connect with your core, you're gonna connect with the gifts that he gives you for the sake of. And let me tell you, when you start kicking in and connecting to the anointing, you will never wanna stop. So liberating to tap into the grace of God, which is the power of God that makes things happen when you can't make it happen yourself. Let's talk about, let's love unashamedly and there's some scriptures I wanna share with us. Matthew 24, 12, because of lawlessness will increase the love of many will grow cold. And I've seen this in our times, I've seen this in my generation, I've seen this in my own heart. I've seen it when I get, I look out and I look and I allow despondency of what the future could look like for me and for my children especially. I get despondent and somehow the enemy wants to get in there and he wants to then blame God for the sake of what he's been instituting, what he's been investing and what we've been releasing on his behalf instead of heaven's behalf. Because you empower what you agree with. What are you agreeing with? We don't ask ourselves this question and then we come to 1 Corinthians 13 wanna help us realign some of these things of what love ashamedly could look like because to tell someone who's out of love to love is very, very difficult. And we might do it for a little bit and we might be white knuckled in our attempts and our will to do it. But when love is overflowing, it becomes effortless and lovers get more work done than workers. 1 Corinthians 13 and so interests me the scripture that now, faith, hope, and love abide or remain these things, but the greatest of these is love. And we spend so little attention on the very thing that Paul says is the one thing that really abides and the greatest of it that abides and remains now and for eternity, but we don't, <laughs> we don't live in it. We don't speak of it. We don't cultivate it, but it's the greatest of all. And then 1 Corinthians 14 says, pursue love. And earnestly desire spiritual, spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Why? Because he wants you to prophesy the existence of what he sees the city look like and what he sees your family look like and what he sees your neighborhood look like, what he sees your work environment look like. Because wherever you go, there's an opportunity for the kingdom of God to come and the presence of God to come. And that shapes and changes and shifts a person's internal world, external world. 1 John 4, 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And I want this to provoke you and I. But verse 19, it says, we love because he first loved us. Maybe we need to go back. This is what Revelation speaks of. Maybe we need to go back to our first love. The one who loved you first. Jesus never, ever told anybody, I love you. His love was demonstrated in who he was and what he did. Verse 20, Where anyone says, I love God, hates his brother, he's a lie. for he does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Friends, allow yourself to be loved first. We need to come back, we need to stop the pace of, what we do and come back to that place and say, Father, if I evaluate my own heart, it's because I'm out of love. So let's get an antivirus, thanks, you can put that off. There's an antivirus that we need, an inoculation that we really need, and it's for religion. Don't love religion. One of the strongest weapons we have against religious mindset is to put us, that puts us in boxes is a true connection with God our Father. So understanding and experience the Father heart of God is an inoculation against the counterfeit of religion which is simply works without relationship with the one who loves us the most. Works without relationship. It's only gonna frustrate you He's given us his grace, he's given us his anointing, he's given us his presence, he's given us his person, he's given us a Holy Spirit that we can live and abide and have a relationship with that keeps shifting our internal world, that keeps shifting our perspective because he wants our words and our language to change. See, world changers know who their father is and they know what they have access to as the children of the King of Kings. We can take steps today to becoming world changes. Start with number one, love unashamedly. Allow yourself to be loved unashamedly. He removes shame so you can be loved well. Regardless of the station of your life, it's imperative that you and I walk out our identity and understand the ways of how royal people influence through authority. See friends, the city is counting on you and I. It's counting on the call that God's placed upon you. And if you wanna know that, ask him. I don't know what your call is. I know what mine is. The gifts that he's placed within you for the sake of, not to make you famous the gifts that shape other people, that bring other people closer to him. The gift of God inside of you makes room for the Father to come. And then when you decide, man, I'm gonna step out, the anointing of God backs you for that moment, for that time, and it breaks things, and it opens things for the kingdom of God to come, that we can redeem and reconcile all things back to original design. You see, it's Christ in you that's the hope of glory and the glorious standards that he sees. Won't you stand with me? Yes, there is prayer afterwards. Where's there? Where's the worship team? Sean, here. There is a the worship team. I want to I want us to I want us to sing a song. It, uh, in your agreement I'm gonna sing a song as God of the city. Sean, are you here? Let's sing this together and let's declare some of these things over our city. While Sean's setting up, I'll pray for us. And then just remember afterwards, if you need some prayer, there'll be someone waiting for you in the corners. So Heavenly Father, you love our city. You love Durban. You love the whole of Durban, all the surroundings and all the neighborhoods. And you love our neighborhoods and you love our areas because we live in them and you love us. And I thank you, Father, for your heart and that you love us unashamedly. And once we connect to your heart, we connect to your purpose, we connect to to your mandate, and we connect to heaven's agenda for where we live. So I thank you, Father, for your presence and your grace, your anointing upon your sons and daughters. You bring a change within their own world. You can bring a change within the city. Thank you, Father, for all those you still want to reach in and through our lives for the sake of your kingdom. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's minister